are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. And welcome to Growth University. Tonight is obviously a little bit different uh, than what we, uh, what the normal, the regular scheduled program is. And uh, so the month of November on our Growth University, on our Wednesday nights, we will be interviewing some of our uh, core slash longtime members of the Calvary Church. And this uh, special edition is called Getting to Know You. Getting to Know You. And tonight we have none other than Greg Meadows. Greg Meadows. To some of us who have attended here uh, for a long time, or maybe for me as a kid, this has always been Big Greg to me, not because he towers over me necessarily, but one of the reasons for the way he fills out this shirt that he has chosen here tonight. And so we'll get started, and uh, just a handful of questions here, opportunity to get to know him, and if we have time at the end... Uh, we will have uh, Pastor Tom will be walking around with a mic and open, open mic. So a few questions. So be thinking, be thinking if, if Brother Greg says something that you uh, rises a question for you, uh, hold on to that question and we'll have a moment for that at the end. <laughs> so Greg, thank you for agreeing to this tonight. All right. I'm the guinea pig. There you go. You are. We, we are. So... Um, so at first here, um, could you just state your full name for us? It's Greg Max Meadows. Greg Max Meadows. And what it means is Greg means watchman. Max means the greatest. So I'm the greatest watchman. Nice. As a policeman. There you go. Meant to be a police officer from the beginning. That's right. All right. And what is your age? Uh, this Saturday I will be 66 years old. All right. All right. Feel free to send you a card this week. Or gifts as well. Yeah, or gifts. There you go. All right. And where were you born? I was born in Cincinnati. I was born at Bethesda Hospital. Um, I was born on an elevator. My mom, she said, I'm not having this baby. And so she she had me ride on an elevator. And I always tell everybody that's why I got my ups and downs. (laughs) But I was born on an elevator. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, what high school did you attend here? In the I area? went to Mount Healthy High School, the Fighting Owls. The Fighting Owls. 1973. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, uh, employment. What was your course of employment after high school? Uh, college prep. Okay. That's what I took, college okay. prep in high school. All right. And then uh, what uh, field did you go into? Well, I was a Cincinnati police officer, but before that I worked for OPW, Division of Dover, which was you make gas nozzles. I made gas nozzles to put gas in your car. That's what I made, I made there. I did work there for eight years before I became a policeman. But I always wanted to be a policeman in high school. Okay, and then and then you've retired as a policeman. Did thirty years. Retired in two thousand eleven. Now worked for Kroger's for security there. Ran ran the security for NSG, and then after that, I've been working for the federal courthouse at the, under the U.S. Marshals. As a core security officer since seven, almost seven years. Oh, wow. All right. Very good. All right. Yeah. 
All right. Um, and how did you uh, come to Calvary? Or can you explain, um, you know, your, maybe how you got invited or the first service or how you got to become a member at Calvary? We really d- didn't get invited. My wife was witness to, she worked for Cincinnati Insurance, and she was witness to by one of her co-workers at work, and they were talking about Jesus' name, baptism, and stuff like that. And so she came home one time and said, i got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I said, where do you say that at? And she goes, I said, right here, 2819. It says, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's all you have to be baptized. So she went, she went to the church and got baptized. And so I didn't go watch her. I said, like, you don't have to agree to do that. So, but anyway, she went and got baptized. They had to fill the water up and refill it up. It was a cold winter day. So they filled it up. So she got baptized. Then, so what happens, we was living in Norwood. We was renting a house. Renting a house. We get a house out here in Springdale. So... We're looking, now we're looking for not only a church, but some place to put Heather in school, because she's four and a half years old, a kindergarten school or a daycare or whatever. And we found out that Calvary Church was having the place where she got baptized, we had a place for school. So that's oh, how, wow. it was a school that got us involved and got yeah. us coming there. So that's how we got involved in Calvary Pentecostal Church. That's awesome, yeah. And so what year was that? Oh, let's see. It was in 70... Well, it was 78, 70... Beginning of 78 to 79. Okay. In 79, we really... In January, we were already going to school and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Awesome. I remember getting saved. I walked down the aisle and said, Jesus is number one. And I always said, Jesus was mine in 79. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, uh, maybe transitioning a little bit, uh, going into some general questions as we get to know you even more. Um, who is the person who influenced your life the most, or who is a, a person who influenced your life a lot? Was uh, really Brother Pasley Sr. He really, he really influenced me a lot. He showed me how much to love people, to mm-hmm. care for people. He was always happy. You never, you never seen mm-hmm. Sad or anything like that, but he was a great influence on my life. He was like a, he was like a father to me. He was, I really loved that guy. So good. And um, I I didn't ask earlier who who do you remember who baptized Robin or who baptized? Oh, it was I think it was Brother Pasley, uh, senior. Yeah, it was him. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah. And the same for you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Um, uh, here going into a technology question um, which new technology sorry this is saying that you're old um, which new technology have you found most helpful in your life and which uh, what technology have you found to be the most annoying new, new technology not like indoor plumbing or nothing like that right? <laughs> if, if that Im- if that impacted your life in a certain way sure but no, the new technology, I think, I guess would be the phone, because you can look up all kinds of stuff on here. It yeah. helps you look up all kinds of stuff. You can't spell a word, I can look that up. Yeah. Or <laughs> Wikipedia somebody, or look anything up. So that's, that's good on that. But the thing that really annoys me is I got this new car. I don't hardly drive it. It's got all these gadgets in it, and I still don't know how to use it. And it's, I've had it for almost 10 months, and I'm like, man... We've got all these buttons on this. Had to get my granddaughter to show me some of this stuff, so I'm still working on that. You know, it's got all the little lights on the backside here, and it makes you go over this way and all this. 
I don't know. But that annoys me. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Um, is there anything um, that you regret uh, not having asked or your parents or maybe somebody that, who's been influential in your life? Is there anything you regret not asking or talking to them about? Well, my parents both are deceased. Um, I don't have any regrets of not saying anything to them. I wish I could have said, really say goodbye to them, you know, before they died. Because it was one of those things where it wasn't, when they were, they were both sick, but they weren't dying, dying. Mm. You know, we didn't know when they were going to die. That was the thing. So you really couldn't say goodbye. Or couldn't say goodbye. I mean, I kind of, I regret that I really couldn't say goodbye. Except for my mom, I know when they rushed her to the hospital, and then she died at the hospital. But they kept bringing her back. And then the doctor told me, hey, you know. We can't do anything for her, and we got to say goodbye. So I did get to say goodbye to her, but, you know, she, she was in a, you know. But the thing that people say before you die is you, you don't lose your hearing. And then I, mm. I said goodbye. I said, told my mom, I said, I, I love you, and I said, goodbye. And I said, I miss you and everything else like that. And then the tear rolled right down her eye. Oh, I mean, that was, that was so meaningful to me that I always remember awesome. the rest of my life. Wow. Now, for my dad, I didn't. Having re- I didn't no regrets in what I could say to him, but I really wished I could have spent more quality time with him, but the circumstances wasn't right. So, because he got remarried to somebody else and it didn't work out that good, so I don't want to go into all that detail. <laughs> but I didn't get to spend the quality time with my dad alone. I was never left. I was never allowed to be left alone where I could really talk to my dad, and that kind of hurt me, mm. you know. So, yeah. Okay. All right, thanks for sharing. Um, what is um, either one of or maybe some of the happiest moments in your life when you look across your life? Well, 1973 was a very good year for me. 72, my senior year in high school, I got more responsibility. I could go out and do a lot more things, whatever. Well, you know, school, so it was, to me, my senior year, was, that was the funnest time I ever had. Uh, I got to meet my wife, Robin, we start going out together. That, to me, that was one of my happiest times. Nice. I mean, it, 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 you know, even before even, like I said, marriage or anything, that was my happiest time was when I met her and started going out with her. Cute little blonde, you know, so. <laughs> Where did you guys go? You know, that's all first, our first, we went to, we went to the movies, and, okay. and we saw the world's greatest athlete. <laughs> I had two free tickets. <laughs> of course. I was walking in class, and I go, I just broke up with a girl that I went with for three years. Ooh. So, but anyway, I said, I got two free tickets. And she goes, I'll go with you. I said, okay. So that's how it went. So we went to, a, so we went to, to the uh, theater. That was our first date, besides meeting at high school at a basketball game when they were playing Aiken High School. And her kind of ex-boyfriend was out there on the court playing basketball. And I'm sitting next to her holding her hand. He didn't like it, but... There's not a whole lot he could do about it. So. <laughs> Look at her, she getting embarrassed, but anyway. But that's what happened. So anyway, that's that's what it was. Is that how you remember the story too, Sister Robin? Just yeah. <laughs> She's still giggling. She was giggling when you asked about the tickets. She's giggling now. All right. Okay. Um, what um, what is something in your life, or maybe a few things that you're most proud of? Uh, being married for going on 47 years. Everybody knows that we were divorced because we got married real young, right out of high school. We got 
for like three years or so. We got divorced and got remarried again. So being married so long, because I remember when I got divorced, when we was divorced, I felt like a loser. I really did. And I wasn't even in a church. I just felt like a loser. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hey, I didn't make this work. So being married going on 47 years. So. Wow, that's awesome. Um, what, uh, one of the greatest, uh, challenges in your life? Oh, making your marriage work. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. She's got to put up with me. So that's a lot of work for her. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it's worth it. It's always worth it. Yeah. Amen. Um, uh, what are, um, if you're looking across your life in, in any category, some of the most important lessons you feel like you've learned uh, that, you, that you've carried with you throughout all your life? Well, the most important lesson that I've learned is that God will always honor you if you honor him. And he's faithful to you, I mean, no matter what. As a police officer, when I first started out on a police job, I was, we was rotating every 28 days. We would go from first to second and second to third and third to first. We'd, we'd rotate every mo- monthly. And it was, it's kind of tough. But then after a while, they changed it so it would give you permanent shifts. So, but when they did that, I was still low on totem pole. I mean, the guy, to get day shift, you had to have 24 and a half years to get day shift. And so I would either be working late at night or second shift, and I hated second shift because it was no family life because you, you work from 2 to 10 or, two to, or 3 to 11. Mm-hmm. By the time you get off at 11 o'clock, by the time you unwind, it's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. By the time you get up, it's 9 o'clock. So it's going to work all the time. But God honored me and gave me a walking beat for like four years. I walked Calhoun and McMillan for four years because they liked the way I did my They liked the way I worked and liked the way I handled high school kids and things like that. So they gave me a job, and I worked 10.30 in the morning till 6.30 at 6 at night. So, and weekends off during the school year. In the summertime, I went back to second shift. They always put me on second shift, which is no big deal. The kids were out of school. I could always spend time with them during the daytime. So God always made a plan. Then I got into dare and worked days, weekends off. So he's always, he's always took care of me because I, I was always being faithful to church. I always put God first, and we always made sure we go to church. All the time, try to make no excuses. So he honored that. So that's yeah. one thing he, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, in, in your line of work, under the category of what you can share, um, any, any funny uh, situations or memories that you maybe have told through the years? And if you can share any, any ones that were uh, really serious that you could entertain yeah, us had, with? Yeah, I had a... One serious one that was at 4114 Whitler Street, which was the north side, where a guy was stabbing his mother, and the granddaughter was outside the door, and the doors were all closed up. And when I arrived on the scene, there was already two police officers already there, and I'd only been on like six years. And neither one of these guys were doing anything. And I asked a girl, and she goes, she was like 13 or 14, she says, my grandma's in there, and he's being, being stabbed by my uncle. But the doors were all, I mean, the doors were locked, the, the window, the shades were all down. You couldn't hear nothing. So I had to call on a supervisor. The supervisor said, can I kick the door in? They said, yeah, you can kick the door in. So these other two guys, they didn't do anything. So I kicked the door in. Back then I had a 357. Then I, I, got, I guess I got to go in first, too. So as I went in first, and there he was. He, here she is laying on the ground. She was stabbed 26 times in the chest, in the face. 
I mean, it was, it was really terrible. I mean, the sight was unbelievable. She looked like a fish out of water, you know, like that. Well, that's what she looked like. So I rushed him and put cuffs on him. He looked like Charles Manson. And the reason why he did it, because she wouldn't give him money to buy drugs. So that really didn't bother me that much. But then when I went to court, and then they start laying those pictures on me, and that really, ooh, because your adrenaline is going like that. Mm. And then one of the funny things was, was I was delivered, I delivered a baby, and it was breached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I delivered a baby. It was a baby boy, and it was right on Calhoun Street, right in front of Calhoun Hall at the time, because it was stuck in traffic. <laughs> so... So I got to deliver a baby. I mean, that's not funny, but... No. But it was neat. Caught it like a football. (laughs) Touchdown. (laughs) No, I just put it up, wrapped it up, put it on her her belly, wait till the fire company come, and they cut the biblical cord and did all that stuff. I didn't do none of that stuff. Oh, I shouldn't ask any more questions about that. Well, a, a funny incident was is when I was teaching the D.A.R.E. program. I taught D.A.R.E. at, at schools and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was teaching these kindergartens. And uh, I got done and showed them, explained everything about my handcuffs and all that stuff, my gun and all that stuff. And I tried to teach them about don't play with guns. And here's my handcuffs. It's hard to handcuff somebody. So when it was done over with, this one kid goes, raises his hand. I said, yeah. And he goes, my mom and dad, they got handcuffs. I said, I said, they do? I said, they go, yeah. He goes, and they call them love cuffs. <laughs> so that's a funny incident. That's awesome. And now we're charging for this episode. <laughs> Make sure something's going on the screen on YouTube for us. That's awesome. I could tell you more, but I could keep going on. I could write a book. At least least one more, yeah, at least. Well, it wouldn't be funny. (laughs) No, this guy, one time, there was a guy who was wrapped up, and he had hit a butcher knife stuck in his forehead, and he couldn't get it out. This guy got mad because he was dating his his guy's girlfriend, so he threw the butcher knife and put it right through his skull. And you know how hard it is to penetrate his skull? The only thing that was sticking out was the handle. It looked like a movie. They just wrapped it up, and the guy lived. And he, and he, and he didn't file charges against the guy. So, but anyway. Wow. Okay. Well, if any more stories come to you in the middle of any of the other right. questions. <laughs> um, when you, well, I was going to say uh, memories. When you, as a kid, um, like when you think in the first ages or grades or like what is it when you think back in your childhood like what are some of your first memories or things that you just remember like having a good time or just being a kid well, I'm glad you said a good time because when, when you showed me that question I thought the earliest memory I had was like three and a half years old mm. and my real dad which I never met in my life I could I saw a butcher knife come flying in my bedroom and he knocked, my, he knocked my mom's teeth out, all completely out. Not at that time, but I don't remember that stuff. But I was three and a half years old. That's what I remember as a young child. Mm. But fun times, I remember, I guess I was like four or five years old, I got this birthday cake. It was a choo-choo train all the way around, and it had M&Ms in it and stuff like that. So that, that was neat. 
and get my electric football game. Everybody knows about electric football games. And that was fun. All right. All right. Uh, did you receive allowance as a child? If so, how much? Did you save your money, spend your money? We didn't get allowance. Okay. You look, you got the shirt on our backs. <laughs> no, we didn't get allowance. So what, would I, what I would do, though, okay. I would get my lunch money, which was like 30 cents or 40 cents for lunch. And this is in probably junior high all the way up through probably 10th or 11th grade. I would gamble. I would go out there on, the, or on our sidewalks. We would wait for the bus, and we would throw coins to the, to the sidewalk, and whoever was the closest would win the money. So I would win like $3 a week. Or What I would do is I'd make, as long as I get my 30 cents back, I'd put it back and put it in my pocket so I never would lose it. So I'm always ahead because I was, I was good at it. So I would win like 3 to $20 a week doing that stuff. I bought my baseball spikes, bought my baseball glove. Because mom, my mom and dad, I don't, sometimes they didn't buy me stuff. I don't, not, not that I was a bad kid, but, <laughs> but anyway, sometimes I, I had to buy my own stuff. But I did, that's how I saved my money. Was, well, I wasn't in church, though. I wasn't, raised in, I, wasn't raised in, I wasn't raised in this church. I used to go to United Brethren Church. Before. Where they baptize you in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is but all before what, 79. But what I remember, though, as a kid one time, though, when they did baptize one girl, one lady, her name was Helen Foster, I remember she came up out of water, and I, I didn't know it then, but now I know it now. She was speaking in tongues. Hmm. But it, I did, I thought, ooh, really scary, you know, as a little a kid, and you're not in not that church and stuff, but, but it was, I remember that now, I mean, after I got in church here. Because when I got in church here, I never, I never knew, I never heard of Jesus' name baptism. I never knew apostolics. And I had an apostolic guy at my work that never really witnessed to me. You know, he went to Bethlehem Temple. So, but anyway, then we started knowing about this. And when I got saved, I started, but I, my work, I started telling people, you know, but I never knew about Jesus' name baptism. So, mm. but anyway. Yeah, Jesus' name, baptism, and throwing coins. That's right. Hey, help me <laughs> with I should have paid same. 10% on that, though. <laughs> Just think what you would have made that on the other weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Could have made more. Um, all right. Um, any, any specific friends, friends' names, or oh, yeah. friends that had an impact on you when you were growing up? Can you remember I had a good back? friend. He was a, he called, his nickname was Pickle. His name was Rick Pearson, and he was a state champion wrestler. He wrestled 105. And we used to live in the same neighborhood. Then he moved away, but he only moved a couple blocks over. But anyway, we always hung around together and played. We wrestled. We played football. Matter of fact, him and me and we wrestled my mom. My mom would put us all in headlocks. <laughs> and we just talked about that about two years ago. I was at a funeral. One of his uh, his brothers died, and we talk, he was telling his son, "Yeah, his mom used to wrestle us and put us all in headlocks and lock us in our legs, man." <laughs> so. <laughs> But anyway, him, Mike Crosley, uh, Kevin Holmes, we were wrestlers and football players and things like that. So nice. that's why I hung around when All right. good times. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, favorite things uh, to do for fun, uh, hobbies, and if, even if you want to, in a timeline, obviously you like to go into the movies in high school, um, but, you know, whatever, hobbies, places you went. Certain traditions you had throughout life, uh, either before marriage, marriage, now. Okay. Well, as a kid, we never really went on any vacations. 
The only time they went on vacation was the one year, it was my, really was my, going into my senior year, and they were going, they went to Disney, and I stayed home because we had two-day practices, so, so I had to stay home from football, so we went to vacation a couple times, we went down to Gatlinburg as a kid, well, I guess we was in, I guess I was probably about 13 years old, I guess they are probably seeing a, we call them timeshare things. And uh, this is way early. They put us in a hotel room, and I got to watch the All-Star game, and that's when Tony Perez hit a home run. I think it was like 68. That's how long ago that was. But I uh, got to watch that as a kid. That was a thrilling. But other than that, we didn't really go anywhere. I went then, when me and Robin got married, I was like 19, we was 20 years old. I got to see the ocean for the first time. So I love the ocean. So we always go to oceans and water. I like lakes and stuff. I don't fish like you guys because when I was a little boy, I was down on Ohio River. I was like five or six years old with my aunt fishing on the river. And I didn't catch a thing. Mm. And it ruined me, so I don't ever fish. <laughs> I'm more of, I got to be moving and stuff. I just can't be sitting there waiting for a fish to bite. You know, so. You need to wait a creek. I know. I need to catch something quick. <laughs> One thing I caught was a cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and obviously, sounds like, which we'll get into another question, some of your other hobbies growing up with sports, but um, what was uh, school like for you as a child? What was your uh, best subjects? Uh, I know you said lunch was... 35 cents, which I, I don't even think you can buy milk with that at lunch anymore, but what uh, what did you eat for lunch? What was the favorite? Did you pack? Did you always buy? In elementary, sometimes, one year we would pack, sometimes we would buy or something, but my favorite my favorite food for lunch before we got to buy was pizza burgers. I don't know, did you guys ever had pizza burgers? I don't know if you guys or didn't. Those are little hamburgers. They weren't little hamburgers, little buns. Put cheese and sauce on it and pepperoni mm-hmm. or something. And then I would trade all my food, and I'd have a stack of pizza burgers like that. <laughs> Those were good. And then I got, then one year I got to work, I was in the sixth grade, I got to work in a cafeteria where I got to clean the dishes and stuff, mm. and I got a free lunch. So I did that. How um, was school? They would probably say I had ADD or something like that, probably. <laughs> they probably would have put me on Ritalin or something. Because I was, um, they tied me down to a chair in my classroom. <laughs> They've tied me down to see because I would get up. I was a wandering in elementary school. I really didn't much care for school. I just I was a daydreamer. I was thinking about baseball, wanted to play outside on the swing set because we had to, our school was like this, and my classroom was right here, and the whole gym outside area was right there. So I'd be always watching kids playing outside or something. So that's what I wanted to play tackle, come across or whatever. I mean that's what I did. But now my favorite subject, well, what it was. My worst subject was spelling. I couldn't spell cat if you gave me the first two letters. <laughs> so when you had the spelling, you had a spelling contest where you stand in line and they ask you a spelling word and you spell it, you keep standing. And if you miss it, you sit down. I was always the first one to sit down. Boom. <laughs> and then we had multiplications now. I won that. I'd be standing in line. What, I don't know if you ever did that. Did flashcards. You get them in line and you two times four and you had to say, yeah, you had to yell it out like, like, like Bible quizzing. Mm-hmm. Eight, you know. Nine, I missed it, but no. <laughs> but anyway, you would yell it out. So I, I used to win that all the time. I was good at flashcards, so. But anyway, and then really elementary was, like I said, until sixth grade, I got a little bit better learning school and stuff like that. But 
we'd have like, we'd have like three, maybe three fourth grade classes. And you had the smarts, the comedian ones, and the dumb ones. And I was always in the dumb ones. You know? and, and you knew that, you know? You start thinking that. So then you get in junior high, and you want to start learning a little bit more. Except I got about like eight squats that year. One time I got a squat for it. Somebody was trying to hit me with a spitball. So I jumped over my book and I smacked it, and it hit the teacher. So she gives me a swat. So she takes me out in the hall and going to give me a swat, and I had to be a witness by another teacher. So when she goes to bring her arm back, she goes, boom, she hits the wall with her wrist. So she hurt her wrist doing that. So, but uh, then I got a swat for riding my chair like this. So I got a swat for that. Then I got a swat for not raising my hand. I mean, you know, it was pretty strict back in those days. It, did everybody swat pretty hard, or do you remember one teacher that Ooh, could really... We had, I had this one. His name was Mr. Slosher. And we was, they, were build, they were building a junior high school, and so it wasn't finished. So they put us seventh graders up with the high school. So we were always making fun of all the high school kids and stuff like that and whistling at all the high schools, girls, senior girls. And so our teacher got mad at us, made me write sentences. We, I will not act up in the hallway. And I had to write like 500 times. Why I, I didn't do it and this other guy didn't do it. So we didn't, we didn't do it the next day. So we're in this music hall. We're in music. He comes down there and he calls us out. He says, Greg, Ricky Spur, I remember his name too, called us both out in the hall. And he goes, you guys didn't do your homework? I said, nope. And he goes, and he, and he had a suit on and he goes, and out slides his paddle. Man, did he fire me up? He almost threw tears in my eyes. And then another time I got a SWAT, I'll tell you all my stuff. I got a SWAT, I was in gym class. It was in, it was in eighth grade. And I, I had my gym shoe and I kicked it up into the rafters and it got stuck up there and started laughing, you know? So we're in there taking a shower. The gym teacher calls it, took, us out after, took me out after the shower and gave me a SWAT bare naked and it had little holes in the the little holes in the paddle Swiss cheese man it left marks on my little tail boy did that hurt and the smoke was coming off <laughs> so anyway <laughs> look at Robin she's over there she's she probably so embarrassed hey I'm just being truthful uh. That's funny. My dad always said the worst swat he got was from his gym teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brother Bill, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. But once I got in high school, then I started changing. I said, hey, you know, I don't want to be a stupid guy. Then I started learning and stuff like that. So I did finish in the top half of my class with a 3.4 average, so I didn't do too nice. bad. Well done. Well done. Took college prep. There you go. So I didn't do too bad. All right. Uh, in the, in the, any other hobbies? Uh, so I know you've mentioned football and wrestling, but do you want to give us a, a timeline in terms of when you got involved with sports, any other uh, activities that you were part of your school? In 1965, <laughs> I was the first young kid. I was 11 years old. I played for Parchment and Oilers. I was the first little league kid to play at Nippert Stadium. And we played a tournament. We had to play the Sycamore Rockets, and we got beat six to nothing. Mm. That was one. Then I was on the Skipper Isle show in 1966 for a physical fitness champion. And we had to do push-ups and chin-ups. 
You had to do it for the week. They had like had a bunch of people for the week, and whoever won that week would come back at the end of the month and finish go against the four guys and win that month. And then you come back at the end of the year, they'd have twelve guys. Well, I won that. I did a hundred and three push-ups at eleven years old on the Skipper Isle show. Wow! So I did that, and I always liked lifting weights. Okay. I did a hundred and twenty-seven push-ups in the police academy in a minute. So I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. Is that still a record? I don't know. It probably is, but no. But they don't do it no more. They, oh, okay. They, they so it is. That. I did 127, 119, and 122. And Robin and them used. My kids used to train me. I'd be training for it. That's awesome. So. All right. And then you you wrestled and played football in yeah, high school. Played outside linebacker and wrestled 138. Played football 167 and I lost weight. Got down to 138 and wrestled 138. Varsity for three years. Honorable mention all city. Wow. What was say that last part again? Honorable mention, I'll see you as a wrestler. Nice. All right. All right. Um, Let's see. Uh, Do you remember any fads from your youth, any popular hairstyles, any clothing, like anything specific that were? You had bell bottoms. I had, they had Nehru shirts, medallions used to wear. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. They had all that stuff. We had, uh, uh, then back in the early 60s, I had the, the Beatles were in town. And they got some Beatles shoes. I got, my mom bought me some new shoes when I went to Skip Riles. So that's, that's what I was, some Beatle boots. Nice. Got some Beatle boots. <laughs> and we had the hair. I did comb my hair down like, like the Beatles. It wasn't, it wasn't really long at the time, but you had always had it down and a bang went over here like this. And then it seemed like my mom would always pick on me on Sundays, even after church. It's always my day to be picked on or something. She cut my hair because I put it down on my my eyes. She cut them right off. That's awesome. Um, What what world events have had the most impact on you in your life? Probably as a little kid, it kind of scared you was the, the Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff like that when it we're going to put the missiles over in Cuba, and, and Kennedy threatened, hey, better not do that, and all that stuff. And they always had us training, going underneath the tables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I got scared about that. And then as a, as a child, not worldly impact, but locally, we had the Cincinnati Strangler. And, man, he was, he was killing a bunch of all women. But even as a kid, you would hear that, and you'd always be checking around. Because my bedroom was in the basement. So I'm always looking around in the basement for this guy. You know, it was scary. So, mm-hmm. All right. Um, how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a person that loved God, enjoys um, life, um, very truthful, tell you like it is. I mean, that's just the way I am. I mean, that's probably what everybody would say about me here anyway. Well, does this be the time we pass the mic around? I'm just yeah, kidding. That's fine. Go ahead. Hey, I'm just opening up. <clears throat> there you go. Um, what you see is what you get. There you go. All right. Uh, one more question, and then uh, we can uh, open up for other questions. But um, you've lived for God now for a long time. You've been a, a very mm. key member of the Calvary Church. Um, what would you say to someone that's either new to our church or new to Christ? 
Well, if people are new to Christ, it's, gonna, it's, a, it's a great journey. There's nothing like it in your whole life you, you can't experience. I mean, the experience is so wonderful. God is so faithful. I mean, I, he has blessed me far beyond what I could even think or even ask. I mean, God has been so good to me. And, you know, and that's what I would tell people. God's going God's gonna to be on your side. You know, even in the dark hours. I mean, it's not always not hunky-dory and stuff like that, but it's, you know, he brings you through the dark darkness, too. Mm-hmm. He always brings you out of the fire. So. And what would you uh, tell someone, or what do you tell people when you're talking about your church? What is, what's one thing you love about the Calvary Church? What I always loved about Calvary was it was always a friendly church. People would love you. I mean, that's what, that's what, that's what got me here, because when I first got in this church, Everybody came up and shook my hand and everything else, and, we, and she wanted to come to church. And I said, "Man, this church is weird." Because <laughs> I saw a lady get up and run around. She took off running. I didn't know nothing about this stuff. I you thought she was going was? to the bathroom. Uh, do I know who it was? It was Sister Frances Breedlove. <laughs> she took off running. I thought she was going to the bathroom. And then they start speaking in tongues. I'm like, "What is this?" I said, "I can't go here." So then we go to Assembly God down here. I got Heather, and she's only like four and a half years old, and they walk into that place, and it was a lot more, more people in there than it is now, probably. We walked in, and I asked, I said, where's the nursery at? And they said, oh, well, you go down this way, you hang a left, and you go right, go left, go left. I didn't, I didn't get in one handshake, and I didn't, they didn't even take me down to the nursery. So then we don't go there. I go to Springdale Nazarene. Uh, Springdale Nazarene. We saw Anita Bryant there. And it wasn't, we didn't get much welcome there. So I said, let's go back to this church. At least they're friendly and they love you. That's, why, that's how we got it. That's why I went back here. So There you go. It's a good church. All right. Uh, well, that hits the bottom of the list on my set of questions. Um, I'm sure we could get another story or two out of Big Greg, but... Pastor Tom has the mic ready. Uh, should we start with I Sister Rock? Oh, he has a question. Oh, um, could you tell us? Could you could you dig into the Calvary Vault mm. and give us one of your funniest stories that happened at the Calvary Church during a service? <laughs> Sister Pesley was up announcing. She said, I knew it. I knew she it. was going to talk about, we're going to have a bazaar. Well, we didn't have a bazaar. We had a brassiere. <laughs> so that, that's one of the funny ones. Another one I couldn't really say because it was about Sister Teresa, prophet back there. So I was going to say that. No, it was about some. I, I'm not getting into that one. So... But oh. that was funny. I mean, and we've had a lot of funny things at parks, Memorial Day picnics and stuff like that. So, All right. Uh, anybody else okay? All right, Sister Cody. I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you I really love your socks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. How about Anthony's? <laughs> well, any comments? You know, you should think through your wardrobe sometimes. 
All right. Uh, anybody else? Any other uh, questions, comments, any stories about, okay, Marcus here in the back? What, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? My 20-year-old self? Boy, I'd do it all over again. Love God. Serve Him. Because I wasn't, I wasn't living for God then. Back then, you know, we weren't really living for God. And then we got divorced. And then, you know... So I wasn't serving God, so I could I could have turned I could have turned bad the other way, really bad. I mean, there's a lot of things. That, I had a house, I lived across the street from another guy, a good friend of mine. I really liked him, and we hung around together when we was divorced. And he was a drug dealer. I lived in this house. I moved in this house. He was dealing drugs, and here I am. I end up being a policeman. Well, I always wanted to be a policeman anyway. That was my one of my goals was to be a policeman. So, and God gave it to me when I got injured. So, and I know God gave me that job because he knew I always, I was accepted in 1974 as a police cadet, but I had to turn it down because I was already married and had a kid and I couldn't afford $60 a week. That's what they paid you while you went to school. So I waited till I took a test and did all that other stuff. But God gave me the job and I know God gave me the police job. So I know some people say it's hard to be a police, be a Christian to be a policeman, but it's not, it's not hard. Just you got to obey God's word. Sometimes you fall. I fell. So, but God picks you right back up. He's a forgiving God. But like you said, my advice: twenty years old, serve God. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Why someone else is waiting for a question? Um, I know I was. A, I feel like I was a kid, and you were doing um, the Dare programs at the school. What was the story about you doing? You used to do one arm pull ups for kids, right? Like impressing the kids and you tore oh no what i was doing i was on gymnastic rings <laughs> that's cool <laughs> for gym i tore one playing flag football at the tendon of my bicep and then the other one i got on the got on the rings and i went up boom your tendons were strong i mean your tendon tendons are can't hold on to them your bicep your muscles are but not your tendon and it snapped and it, it broke that so yeah i did that so i broke i snapped both of them yeah. There you go. All right. Any other questions? You were the TV star. Oh. Brother Danny, Brother Danny said you were a TV. Oh, I did Crime Stoppers. I did that. Yeah. I used to put people on there all the time. Did that for a while. That was fun. But the good thing about that job was I had to answer the phone all the time because that's what I was doing. Was crying, so I was getting all the, I get all the information from people. I put on TV that's wanted, and people would call me and, and give me advice. I mean, they would tell me where people's at or what they did and all that stuff, and I would send that stuff all out. And we would, like, I would, I could tell when people were in the bathroom. You know, I say, "You're in the bathroom." They go, "Yeah." They're talking to me, you know. So you can hear the backgrounds of people, you know. I solved the murder. I solved plenty of murders. I solved murder from 1978. It was like 20-something years afterwards. No, it was 30-something years. I'm like, sure, this guy still won it. I get on the computer. Yep, he's won it. Show me where he was at. And I went and picked him up and got him. Then another guy was working at Bob Evans on Pfeiffer Road. He was in a, he was in a, a blood, Bloods gang out in California. Killed two people down there. And he was working there. And so we sent two cops out there, and they sure they picked him up. 
But the thing about that guy, his manager said he guy never missed a day of work, and he was worked there for like four or five months before anybody knew anything. He probably wanted to change his life around, but mm-hmm. didn't get the opportunity. So, mm-hmm. but it, it was that was a kind of rewarding job. It was nice locking all those people up. So. I remember watching. Who who saw who saw Greg on TV in those years? Yeah, I know we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in terms of the field of being a policeman, did you ever, um, when you're working in the field or, you know, locking people up, just doing your job, did you fear for your life or for your family, for robbing the kids? Not for my family, but one time I had, had a beating in progress. Somebody broke in somebody's house, and I kept waiting for the guys to show up, and they never did show up because it's around supper time. So I guess, well, I'm going to go in and check this out. And I went in the house, and I was checking out each floor. And that's back when I even had a 357. So I go down to the basement and I kick this door open, and there's this African American guy with a pantyhose over his face, and a butcher knife in one hand, and a fishbowl in another hand. I could have shot him. I mean, I scared him, he scared me, but I could have shot and killed him, but I didn't. But thank the Lord, but, you know, I at least had my distance away from him. But that was a good, scary situation. I mean, you know. And I've. I had to wrestle a naked guy to cut some lady's nose off. He was at the VA hospital where Bill used to go to. He was water hosing everybody down. So then I had to wrestle. So then I, I drive up on the scene. And there he is. He runs into the emergency room. So I run in after him and jump on him. And I, it's like wrestling a wet pig. I mean, it was, it was something. But he cut, he cut this old lady's nose off. So, but anyway, it's... I hate to end on this. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, Sister Shelley has... All right. Let's get some beside a naked story. <laughs> it is not. Oh, you have to change so, your question now. <laughs> no, it's not a naked story. So, when they make the movie of your life mm. someday, if they were making the movie, who would you want to play you? Mm. Mm. Well, they used to call me Poncharella. When I was younger, I had dark hair and I had a tan. They used to call me Ponch, but um, who would I? I don't know. He's saying from Chips. Yeah, from Chips, yeah. But that's what they called me. I wouldn't want him to play me, but uh, I don't know who to play. <laughs> I don't know. Um, My wife likes Amon Asante. He's an old guy, so I'll take him. But if you ask me, any man that I want to be, look like or be like, it would be Howie Long. And I just told somebody in church that last week, because to me, he's six foot seven, 275 pounds, and he's a gorgeous-looking guy. He is. If you know who Howie Long is, check him out. He's got beautiful eyes. There you go. That's my man crush. <laughs> now that's a. But that's what I want to look like. I want to look like a man, but I wish I was good looking like him. But, yeah. but anyway. You didn't think you were going to hear Brother Greg say another guy was gorgeous, huh? Hey. Yeah. Well, I think you're a good looking guy. Thanks, man. Yeah, well. I'll pay right. you later. There you go. All right, well, it's 8.18. We're good on time. Well, uh, Brother Greg, thank you for his time tonight. Thank you for opening up the Meadows Vault. And we appreciate who you are, uh, 
to all of us, the example you are and who you are to the Calvary Church, mm-hmm. uh, the member, the time, the volunteer effort and hours you, uh, Sister Rob, and your family has done in being part of this church. And uh, we admire and appreciate you. So could we give Brother Greg Thank a you. round of applause? Tonight? Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right, let's just pray uh, in closing and uh, just ask God to, to touch and uh, bless our campus, and our campus and our body. Lord, we thank you for mm, this you evening, Lord God. Jesus. I thank you for this opportunity, uh, this thank moment you, of getting to know you. I thank you for you all of our members and uh, for those you have brought to the Calvary Church, God. We ask you to help us to continue to make disciples and to bring uh, people in here. And as, as Brother Greg said tonight, let us make mm. people feel welcome, God. Let us yes, show Lord the love Jesus. of Christ to others. Let us mm. um, treat others as if we were coming to a place for the first time. Help us to remember what Thank moments you, like that are and uh, just acceptance uh, into a new place, into a new uh, group of people. We just ask for your hand and your anointing, your direction mm. upon Thank us, God. We Thank you for all that you have done and all you have given to us, Lord. We remember you uh, in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.